This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Hey, mind the third step, it's a bitch. I mean, they just brought those bodies here and left them? Where do you know the army? And they've been here all this time? Fourteen years, as I recall. No kidding. There they are. There's bodies in there? Oh, shit! Look at that! <laughs> you say that thing was alive? So they say. Hey, these things don't leak, do they? Leak? Hell no. These things were made by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Duplets Like the 80s. I'm your host, RJ McCready. And because we're still in the horror season, guys, I thought for episode number nine, we'll have a look at Return of the Living Dead from 1985. And if anybody knows me, they know I love this film. It's one of my favourite movies. But before we have a look at this film, go have a look at the TV guide, see what films were out in 85, songs, I'll do a retrospective on that, and we'll see what was on TV for that year. So, Ed McMahon, take us away. Head Big Man, and you're listening to Dude Looks Like the 80s. And now, here's the 80s Hall of Fame. I just like to read the TV guide. Read the TV guide. You don't need a TV. And welcome back, guys. Thanks for that, Grandpa. So, TV. What was on TV in 85? It was MacGyver, the man with the leather jacket and the penknife. Great TV show. And you also had Edward Woodward. He was a bit of a badass in the 80s as the equaliser. And let's not forget, guys, the man with the tash. He had the Hawaiian T-shirt, the Ferrari. That's right, guys. You know it is. It's Magnum P.I. Some great TV shows there. 
For films that are out this year, you had Rambo First Blood Part 2 with Sylvester Stallone. You had Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger in the pinnacle of his career, saving his daughter. You had Team Wolf with Michael J. Fox turning into a wolf. And we had a little bit of trauma in the 80s. We were all put off by ice cream and yogurt with the stuff. That's right. Check it out if you haven't seen it. And there was a nice kids film that came out this year as well. And didn't cause any trauma at all. You know what I'm talking about. It's Return to Oz. If you've seen it, you know what I'm saying. Let's have a look at the uh, songs. We had Cindy Lauper all through the night. We have no Great song. She was again, she was at the pinnacle of her career here. Um, we had Corey Hart, Never Surrender. And this song was used recently for Stranger Things Season 3. You haven't seen that, go check it out. Madonna was dressing up with Dress You Up. And the point the sisters were out this year with Neutron Dance. And it's hard to say. This was used for Beverly Hills Cop and Scritty Politti. Bit of an unusual song. It's The Word Girl. The first time baby that I came to you, I do things that you want me to. The second time baby that I came to you, but all you my love for you. So there you go guys, that's the TV guide. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm going to play some adverts in the trailer for the movie, and I'll be right back. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster! <laughs> I can't get over Ovaltine. It's so delicious now. It tastes fantastic. Wow, it's a whole new scene. Ovaltine. I can't get over Ovaltine. I can't get over Ovaltine. The whole new taste you won't get over. Also available in sugar-free. Attention Chicago Bears fans, catch all the excitement of the Monsters of the Midway with the Chicago Bears Super Bowl Special. Receive all eight of these officially licensed NFL collectibles, including this beautiful 24 by 28 NFL Bears art print for just $29.95. Call now at 641-2222 on our 24-hour phone line and ask your operator for a lineup of official Bears souvenirs. But hurry, supplies are limited. Call 641-2222. Cash in on the phone tonight at 6.30. They only come out at night. They're mean, rude, and dead. Not them. Them. There's a hundred of those things out there. How many did you say? A hundred? The dead are refusing to remain buried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to call the boss. They've come back to life. They're hungry. And they're not vegetarians. The graveyard out there is full of people coming out of the ground. We have a little problem. What the hell is going on there? Rabbit weasels. What? More brain. Do you want 
They're back from the grave and ready to party. It's party the return of the living dead. And welcome back guys, another great trailer from the 80s. I mean, what can I say about Return of the Living Dead? The only way I can explain it is if someone came up to me and said, Oh Jay, I have never ever ever seen an 80s horror movie. I would say, go and check out Return of the Living Dead. The reason why I say that is because it just, it's got everything in it, this film. Everything that I love about the 80s. Putting aside the horror, it's all the characters, it's the music, it's the special effects, it's just the way the movie goes along at a pace and it's just such an enjoyable movie, I mean I love it, I, I, I can watch it and then I can just rewind it and then watch it again and as I've said before, people will know me, if if I go to see a film, it's it hasn't connected to me if I haven't connected to the soundtrack, if, if that kind of makes sense and with this movie it has, I, I just love it, it totally works. But put my undying love for this movie aside, um, let's take a look at this film. Um, let's start with the synopsis for this film. So it's uh, when two bumbling employees at a medical supply warehouse accidentally release a deadly gas into the air, the vapours cause the dead to rise again as zombies. It's got 7.3 on IMBD. It's classed as a comedy, horror, sci-fi, sci-fi elements in it. Um, it's 91 minute runtime. It was backed by Orion Pictures. Got to love Orion Pictures. I love that logo that starts at the beginning. Uh, it's got four million dollar budget, which I would say is quite a low budget compared to what you're getting out of this movie. It was directed by Dan O'Bannon. Dan O'Bannon is known for his writing in Hollywood. Um, some of his pictures to mention is Alien and Aliens. He also started out with John Carpenter. One of his known movies was Dark Star, which they started up as a project together. It stars James Caran, Clue Clanger, Tom Matthews, who I mentioned before in the last episode, Don Calfer and Beverly Randolph, to name just a few of the actors in this movie. So the film starts off by saying, that all the events in this movie are real and all the characters are real. So you kind of know straight away where you where you stand with this movie. And it also gives you a timestamp. It says it's July 3rd, 1984. And the screen pans over a warehouse. And this warehouse is called You Need. Yeah, that's right. You Need a Medical Supply. So already, all right away, the jokes are straight in there. And you might not notice those straight from the off, but they're there. And you've got Frank, who is, um, as I mentioned before, is James Coran. He does an absolute cracking job here. This first part of this movie, um, he goes through um, all what you got to do in the warehouse with the new employee, um, Freddie, which is played by Tom Matthews. And this is just, it is movie gold. I cannot, I won't just do it justice by talking about it. You need to see it. Just the way he goes through everything in the warehouse, the comedy. Um, talking about the split dogs. In fact, let's play a scene there. Let's give you guys, uh, if you haven't seen it already, uh, just give you a little taste of what, what this is all about. Here we go. Don't have to tell you what these are for. Ba-ba-ba-boom. 
Here we've got the prosthetic devices all around here. Look under there. Wow. Wheelchairs. Right. Now, Freddie, it's a great here's something you don't see very often. You're a privileged person. These are split dogs. Wow. Yep, for veterinarian schools. Oh, we get a lot of orders for split dogs. That's really rad. Yeah. <sighs> don't fool around. You're learning. That's what I'm talking about, guys. Get old split dogs, eh? It's hilarious. So, Frank then tells Freddie about uh the 245 trioxin um talks about the events of what happened in the film before this which was night of the living dead so it's a bit of a tie over into this movie and he explains that it was a government mess up and that the couple of the bodies were sent to you need a medical supply by accident and frank is telling this story with like massive conviction and Freddy's all excited about it, and Frank says, yeah, I've got a couple of bodies downstairs, let's go and have a look. And this is where you got the clip that I showed at the beginning of the, or played at the beginning of the movie, where Frank says, yeah, it's okay, they're all right, they're all nice and secure, gives them a slap, and then this is where you get the 245 troxin gas, um, comes out the canisters, and this is where the movie starts off. Um, this is how the events of the movie sort of pans out from here. And Frank and Freddy are now contaminated. Then it goes into our next scene where we're introduced to Freddy's girlfriend, Tina. And she's hanging about with her fellow punk rocker friends, Spider, Traz, Scuzz, Casey and Chuck. And they're walking aimlessly around town trying to think of things to do. And they are picked up by their unhinged friend, Suicide, who's uh, driving around in his car. And how can I explain suicide? Hang on, let's play this clip. This will explain it. Where the fuck are we going anyway? The party! Just take up Freddy! Well, now what the fuck is Freddy up these days anyway? He got himself a job. Oh, no shit. What job? He's a stockroom clerk. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a shitty job. Well, it isn't the president of the United States, but these team makes stuff up your body. Well, yeah, maybe you'll buy something for me, huh? He don't like your cool up suicide. How can you guys only come around when you need to ride someplace? You're not too friendly. He's so angry, it's hilarious. I mean, if, he, if this guy won the lottery, we go, oh my god, damn, I won the lottery, what am I going to do? I'm so upset. He's oh. <laughs> just crazy, he's a great character in this movie. So they decide to kill a couple of hours uh, whilst waiting for Freddy to finish work, and next to uh, You Need a Medical Supply is a cemetery called resurrection cemetery that's right guys resurrection cemetery <laughs> it's uh and you've got a cool scene here where they um it's starting to go into night time uh you've got one of the characters called trash and she <laughs> strips herself naked and starts dancing on top of one of the uh gravestones and you get this scene here with in fact i'm going to play you a bit of music here you get this song here it's a pretty cool song Yeah, great song. That's played by SSQ called Tonight. And you've got Scuzz and Spider and they've got some uh, red flares and they're just dancing around. Then meanwhile, back at the uh, warehouse, Freddy and Frank have uh, woken up after getting knocked out by the gas. And Bert returns, who's the warehouse manager, uh, to this carnage, basically. Um, Frank is running around aimlessly trying to think of what to do. And one of the cadaver bodies has now come alive and it's trying to break its way out from the uh, storage door that it's in. And again, it's another tie over tonight, The Living Dead. This is where Bert realises what is going on. And he actually says, well, the only way we're going to be able to deal with this is by 
destroying the brains of the dead. And you, <laughs> there you go. I'm going to be playing a lot of scenes here. You get this scene right here. Brad, come here. Get down there. Please, stand by the door. It's going to be all right, son. All right. I don't think I can do this, Bert. Well, you damn well better. You got us into this. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> 22 right. Oh. Be brave, Frank. God damn it. Four left. Ten right. So as you can hear guys in the clip there's a lot of carnage going on. Frank realises that um, they've tried to spike the, um, a hammer through the um, dead body's head and it doesn't work and they realise this isn't going to work so they decide the only other option is to burn the body and they know that there's a mortician who is actually based next to the cemetery next door, funny enough. And this is where they go to see their friend Ernie. But before this scene, you've got our first bit of separation from the group. You've got Tina who's in the cemetery. She decides to leave and go and find her boyfriend, Freddie. Uh, she goes to the warehouse and... She goes down to the basement where Freddie and Frank started out at the beginning of the movie. And the body that's came, come out from the container is now live. And this is actually a fan favourite. I know this is a fan favourite zombie um, for a lot of horror fans. A guy called Tarman. And he is played by one of Jim Henson's um, uh, puppeteers. And he does a great job of it. And he goes to attack Tina and she runs up the stairs and she falls through it, falls through the step or something that was unhinged at the beginning of the movie. Tina manages to escape but she locks herself into a uh, metal closet and then um, you basically got Tom Man trying to break his way in so they kind of leave you on the edge of the seat there. Um, they then go back to the mortuary with Bert, and you, this is where you introduce the character called Ernie. And if you think, don't think you've met enough good characters in this film, with Frank and Suicide and Freddy and Scuzz, you're then introduced to Ernie, the mortician. He's got his uh, headphones on whilst he's, whilst he's trying to break out the rigor mortis on a dead body. And as a mortician, that's right, he's armed with a uh, Luger gun as well, which he... Um, points into uh, Bert's face as he creeps in behind him which is a great scene so Bert is trying to explain to Ernie that it's actually rabid weasels he's trying to sort of convince him to try and burn burn them without telling them that it's a body that's come back to life and you get this scene here what the hell is in those bags rabid weasels you done a bunch of rabid weasels. I'm trying to explain to you, Ernie. You know, they came in as part of a shipment. Of course, they weren't supposed to be rabid, you know, but you know how these things happen. No, I don't. How do they happen? Well, watch out, watch out, Ernie. Don't get bit. Yeah. Anyway, we got them and we need your help. We got to get rid of these things. Well, why didn't you call an animal shelter? Rabid weasels. Brilliant. So, so Bert eventually convinces Ernie to cremate this body, and on doing that, the smoke that comes from 
the flames goes up into the air, goes up into a rain cloud and it starts to rain and it rains on uh, Resurrection Cemetery and this is where you get the uh, resurrection of the bodies and they start coming out from, from the ground. Uh, upon it raining, everybody who's in the graveyard, suicide and the gang, uh, they leave the graveyard and they go to the warehouse and this is where they go down to the basement and they find Tina who's locked up with um, Tarman and this is where you get your first kill scene. Unfortunately, uh, suicide gets killed. They barricade the uh, basement door and they frantically again run around trying to work out what to do. Um, they decide to leave the warehouse, but this is where again you get another separation. Tina, Spider and Scuzz make their way to the mortuary. Well, Chuck and Casey head back to the warehouse and Trash, trash lags behind and gets surrounded and attacked by zombies. So you get another, another kill scene here. Back at the mortuary, Bert and Ernie think that the worst is behind them. They think they've burned the body. That's it. It's all over. And as I mentioned, I've got to mention it here. Bert and Ernie. That's a Bert and Ernie again. It's not a reference to Sesame Street as such. They didn't do that on purpose in the movie, but you put the two together and it is. But at this time, uh, Freddie and Frank are starting to become ill. Um, the really shown symptoms of uh, like a fever and that and coughing so Frank uh, calls for paramedics and the paramedics arrive and this is where they realize that they actually have no pulse and they're actually dead but they're still alive. Tina, Ernie and Scuzz uh, managed to reunite with um, Freddie at the mortuary whilst frantically banging at the door and the paramedics go back out to the uh, ambulance and this is where things start to go crazy the paramedics get taken out by the zombies they get eaten they get turned into zombies as well so now you've got like a siege movie where Bert and Ernie and the gang are now barricaded in the mortuary but then you've got a really cool scene here I love this scene it's where Bert and Ernie Scuzz and Spider they're running around the mortuary they're trying to find some weapons they're trying to stop the zombies from coming through the windows they're barricading the doors and if I was in the zombie apocalypse, I'd be rocking to this song. And I was going to play you a scene, but I'm going to play you a song. This song right here. Ooh, baby, your ass, fall, eater, hung, ten. The whole dads and Grammy say you reach top and so do the dead. Boy, does that song rock. So you now got to the pinnacle of Return of the Living Dead. The zombies are outbroken and our heroes are trying to survive. And let's also mention the zombies here. They are fast. They are quick. And they are very clever as well. They're not just dead. They can talk and they can also think. So it's a bit of a game changer in the zombie world because one of the zombies then gets onto the radio and says send more paramedics also setting the scene here it's night time it's raining and i don't think i've mentioned this before but it, the film almost has like a sort of comic book tone to it and as i said it's the music it's, it's just all running at a fast pace and 
there's lots going on at this point. Now there's a whole ton of fun. But going back to the movie, our heroes are trying to fend themselves off in the mortuary. And it's a sad scene. I hate this scene. Scuzz gets killed. Oh no, you don't want Scuzz to get killed. His brains get eaten by a zombie. But the zombie that eats his brains, um, I think Bert or Ernie managed to pull that zombie through the window. They only get half of it. And they take it back to the uh, one of the mortuary tables and they manage to interrogate it. And this is where the zombie says, we want your brains, because eating your brains makes us, takes the pain away or something like that. So it's like explaining what's going on. The police arrive and there's a large scale zombie attack. Um, Trash rises from the grave and she's now turned into a zombie. And she leads the attack on the police. Back of the mortuary, uh, Freddy is now also turned into the undead. He tries to attack Tina and eat her brains, but Tina retaliates and throws acid into his face. Uh, Frank realises at this point he's going to turn. So before that happens, he cremates himself, which is a bit of a sad scene. So you've now only got a handful of survivors, being Spider and Bert, Ernie and Tina. They make a desperate attempt to try and get away. Bert and Spider hack their way through the horde of zombies and Ernie and Tina stay behind and they lock themselves up into the into the loft. Bert and Spider reunite with Casey and Chuck back at the um, warehouse. And this is where Bert knocks off Tarman's head with a baseball bat because he needs to get to the telephone down there. And Bert calls the authorities. He thinks that if he calls the number on the side of the uh, can where the 245 trioxin and the zombie came out, from at the beginning of the film, he'd be able to sort things out. So when he gets through to the military, and I forgot to mention this earlier, so Colonel Glover is a bit of an arsehole. The call goes through to him, and he gives the authority codes for the military to act, and <laughs> you get a scene where there's a guy in a, he's in a truck with a cannon, he fires a cannon, and it goes into the town, and you get a nuclear activation but this is all at the same time. You get uh, several scenes going on. You also got Freddy trying to break through the attic to get Ernie and Tina. But like I say, you get the nuclear activation. That's how this film ends. You get the, all our heroes, they get blown up with the zombies. You then got the military talking over this saying, yep, yeah, it was a success. We've taken out the town. We've taken out, there's been about 4,000 people dead. And then they said there's a report of acid rain. And then you've got a scene with the rain going over a cemetery. And then there you go. This happens all again. And boom, that's it. That's the end of Return of the Living Dead. It doesn't work out too well for our heroes. But there you go. It's a fun movie. As I said at the beginning of the episode, it just does everything you want it to do on the tin. And if you haven't seen this film, go check it out. It's a fun ride. And that's it, guys. Um, hope you enjoyed the episode. This is part of my October horror season, so um, check out my other episode, which is Friday the 13th. And I will be returning with a bonus episode, uh, which is Vamp. I think that was from 1986 with Grace Jones, who actually doesn't say anything in that movie. But I will be get, checking that one out. So that will be hopefully dropping soon. Also, thank you to everybody on the Facebook page. Um, like I say, we're always having a ton of fun on there. And I'm going to end the show with, I did play a little bit of this song in on this episode, but I'm going to play it. It's the end credits to Return of the Living Dead. It's um, SSQ tonight. Okay, guys, I'll see you soon.
I'm dead But very soon I'll need to hunt the set of blood instead 